0: Hey, Philly, are you doom-scrolling? Well, cut it out. There's a better way to get your news. Philadelphia's local news podcast is called The Johncast.
1: Check out The Johncast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW Radio Original Podcasts.
0: It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One.
1: Yeah, I would have to say it's that moment that you you land that dismount and you just hit the best set that that you could have done. You know, there's just nothing like that. It's just all those hours, you know, routine after routine after routine and practice. And then you get that feeling of, wow, I just did it. I just I just did the best I could do there.
0: And our guest this week is Barbara Cordova, the head women's gymnastics coach at Westchester University. And Barbara, thanks so much for the time.
1: It's my pleasure to be here.
0: So as we are talking here in late April, how much fun has it been competing again? If I'm correct, 2020 was cut short because of the pandemic. There was no real 2021. What's it just been like to be able to, to get the group and coach and have them compete?
1: It's been amazing absolutely amazing I think I thinking a lot just about the end of our season and this year really has been just a celebration that we've been actually just able to compete. Um, so just just I can't even explain how how hard it was to get shut down in 2020 and then not to have a season last year. Um, my seniors this year are fabulous um, and I think a lot of it is because of everything they lost um, so. It's just been exciting and it's uh, truthfully a celebration.
0: What did you do to try to keep kids engaged while there was no competition? I mean, that, I would imagine the toughest thing in your coaching career.
1: Definitely the toughest thing in my coaching career. I think um, Zoom, obviously. <laughs> we, we now are all familiar with Zoom, but it was not much of a thing beforehand. So they didn't love it. I didn't love it. But it definitely helped us stay connected. Um, so you know, the fall semester last year, we were totally remote and on Zoom. I'll give a little shout out, strength and conditioning guy who does a lot of strength and conditioning for gymnastics. He did um workouts, at-home workouts for gymnasts, specifically during COVID, of how what they should be doing in order so when they get back in the gym, they're ready to go. And that was huge. We did those. I can totally see that that really helped us when we got back in the gym finally in the spring last year. um, And we continued that. Um, It's called Shift Gymnastics Education Science. I think I'm saying it wrong, but it was fabulous. And that's really one thing that really helped us. We also did, you know, team building, things like that. Um, I know that my first year students from last year It was so hard for them because their first year coming to college remote, not knowing, not being a part of the team. And so doing Zoom was super helpful for them because at least they felt a part of something in some small way. This year competing, I have 14 freshmen and sophomore who've never competed on a college platform before. So that was super challenging and they really stepped up to the plate. We've utilized a lot of our first and second year students this year and they really did well. They've really done well.
0: I'm curious, and you talked about this being a celebration and being out there, in a bizarre way, has this, and I don't say this like the fire was in every way extinguished, but losing something and then getting to do it again, does it increase the appreciation for it that maybe things that were just part of the routine before, all of a sudden there's a little bit more, hey, you know what, this is pretty cool.
1: I mean, absolutely. I think when you lose something for sure, you appreciate it more. I think it's hard to understand when you don't lose something, just the appreciation for it. I will say that our team traditionally is pretty grateful and pretty excited about what they get to do. But, you know, this definitely set it up a little bit higher for sure.
0: So what is your origin story with gymnastics? Was it just something as your kid, you started taking lessons and it just clicked or were you doing a bunch of sports like kind of how did you get your, your foot in the water first?
1: Um I started taking gymnastics as a young kid. I can't remember, probably about nine, eight, nine years old. Um just loved it. I, I I was always passionate about gymnastics and also teaching gymnastics. I used to I had a mat out in my backyard and I would teach my neighborhood kids like how to do tumbling and things and Um, so just, just from a very young age, I did do a few other sports, mostly individual sports. You know, I, I was a swimmer, I did some diving, you know, but for the most part, I did gymnastics all the way through, um, all the way through my younger years and then started competing of course, and competing it all through high school at a club gymnastics program. And then I went to college, I went to Westchester. So, uh, you know, competed all four years at Westchester and so back coaching at, where, I, where my collegiate gymnastics began. Um, so that's kind of a little bit about my background. It's just always been a passion for me. I went to Westchester, majored in health and phys ed with always the interest in, in coaching and ended up getting a dual certification of elementary education and health and phys ed. And so when I graduated, um, I taught both um, health and phys ed, but elementary ed. I taught fourth grade, interesting enough, for many, many years, but also coached alongside of that. And so I've, I've done teaching and coaching throughout, throughout my whole life, but always, you know, always pulled back into the gym, always back into the gymnastics gym.
0: It's fascinating. You mentioned, you know, you had the mat in the backyard and you would teach neighborhood kids or whatever. What do you think? What was that? Just, you wanted them to enjoy it as much as you did. Did you like knowing something that the other kids didn't know? And you like teaching them? Like, that's just interesting at that young age to, to kind of have that coaching mentality.
1: Yeah, I think that, I think, you know, it goes back to teaching, you know, I think I have a gift of teaching, you know, like, I think it's kind of a gift that I have, and it's something that I enjoy doing from a very young age, um, you know, then, and you know, once I was older, I taught, you know, I started teaching classes and things like that in the gymnastics gym that I trained at, which is very common, but really enjoyed it, um, and so taught gymnastics. All throughout, you know, my collegiate years, I'd go home in the summer and I'd teach gymnastics. Um, so it's just something that has always been a part of my life and something that I've always enjoyed.
0: You mentioned tumbling as a youngster. What were your events growing up or were you, did you do them? do them all, but were there ones that were at the top of the list that you felt you were the best at and you enjoyed the most?
1: Yeah, I trade all four events. And in college, I I actually competed all around a lot. But my my favorite two events were bars on even parallel bars and vaulting. Those were my um, favorite events and the events that I that I excelled at. Um, gymnastics is so different now than when I did gymnastics. Um, the things, the athletes that I coach are doing, I never did any of those things. Um, they're so, you know, gymnastics has gone so high, the, the skill level, you know, I'm amazed at the talent of the athletes that I coach. And I was, I was never that great of a gymnast as that they are, you know, it's just, and it's, and it's very different, you know, um, now there's a lot of, you know, um, technology and, you know, just the sport just continues to to get harder and harder.
0: Once you start getting, you know, as you're getting older before college, but, you know, you mentioned competing in high school and clubs and stuff like that. How much time are you working at it? Like how many hours a day are you practicing? Are the competitions like weekend long, like where you would go somewhere and it would be a, you know, two, three day event?
1: I was at the gym probably like, it was a long time ago. Cause so I don't totally remember, but I feel like I was there at least four nights a week and probably, you know, four hours, probably uh, when I was there. Um, that's generally speaking the, um, the, you know, the length of time that people train competitions, gymnastics competitions. Um, generally they're a whole day long thing, you know, when you're in club. So, yeah, you know, the weekends we would go go to gymnastics meets and I would be involved, um, you know, in gymnastics meets, you know, very regularly. That was part of my life. And then before I coached in college, I did coach in club and then would also coach those gymnastics meets. College gymnastics is so much better than club gymnastics because, you know, we have a four hour meet, you know, and then we're done. Whereas in club gymnastics, you have, okay, this one is in this session. This one is in this session. And it, it is a whole week and long thing for, for, for a club coach. So I'm glad I don't have to do that um, anymore. I enjoy the college experience um, and how competition works in college um, so much better. And it's so much fun. It's, it's a team sport, whereas when you're in the club program, it's an individual sport. So it just it's a whole different thing.
0: Growing up, we talked about you, you know, having that coaching teaching mentality. When did you realize you were pretty good? At gymnastics. I think it's one thing to enjoy it, but it's another thing when, you know, you're maybe winning things or you can do something that the other kids can't. Or as you get into high school, you start looking at colleges and there's there's, you know, there's interest there. Do you remember kind of an aha moment that, oh, wow, you know, I must be pretty good at this?
1: Wow, that's that's a tough question. I don't know, because I feel like I always thought that I was good, but not great. You know, I always would have liked to be better than I was, actually. Um, You know, I did compete in college, but I did not get a scholarship. um, So I was a walk on, Um, but I had a great experience in college. Sandy Fields was my coach. She's an excellent coach. Um, She really believed in the athletes that she coached and encouraged us to be the best that I that we could be you know, she encouraged me to apply for several scholarships when I was already in school, which I was able to apply for and get those scholarships. So, so that was good. But I feel like, I feel like I wish I could have been better. I don't know. I don't, I think I was, I think I was just a good gymnast. I was good, but there was definitely people that were better than me.
0: What is the most exhilarating time as a competitor in gymnastics? Is it the moment before you start? Is it the moment when you have finished and you've nailed the vault or you've nailed the routine, you know, is there just the moment that cannot be duplicated, cannot be replicated anywhere outside of the competition?
1: Yeah, I would have to say it's that moment that you, you land that dismount and you've just hit the best set that, that you could have done. You know, there's just nothing like that. It's just, it's just so, you know, it's just so amazing. And I, I I would say that that is, Also as a coach, you know, when they hit their best set and they they land that dismount. It's just, it's really exciting. So I would say that's the best. You know, obviously gymnasts enjoy performing, right? It's a performance-based sport. Um, and so, you know, that part of it is exciting also, but when you, when you, when you've accomplished what you've all those hours, you know, routine after routine after routine in practice, and then you get that feeling of, wow, I just did it. I just, I just did the best I could do there.
0: Kind of related to that because, and it, my experience is watching the Olympics. So, but you know, I watch something and it is just incredible. And you'll listen to the commentators and then the judges, and ah, i was good. But you know, and I know what we're. But is it hard to not drive yourself nuts when you're competing because it is such a margin of error that if you land just wrong or if you put your arms up too early, like stuff that. The average person's not going to notice, but you know, is is so important. Is it hard to not drive yourself nuts with all those little details and to have to be that precise?
1: Yeah. I mean, gymnastics is a sport about perfection. Um, and let's face it, none of us are perfect, right? Like that we're just not perfect. And so this is something that I really have to talk to my athletes about a lot because we do strive for perfection. And as a coach, I, you know, you know, we're we're trying to get routines that are that lowest deduction as possible. But at the end of the day, I always let them know. Listen, this is this is not what your worth is. Your worth is not in doing a perfect set. That's not where your worth is. Um, and and trying to make sure that they know that they're more than just a gymnast and they're they're more than just an athlete. And I think that's really important in all athletics, of course, but in a sport of perfection you know, it can be, it can be challenging it because, you know, you're never going to be perfect all the time. And, and really those perfect tens, most likely there's some little thing that someone could have found as a mistake, you know, so, you know, just to let them know that, you know, it's okay. You know, if, if you make a mistake, you know, yes, we're striving for perfection, but what we're never going to totally achieve that. And, and your worth is in something more than that. So you know, making sure that they know that and that, that, that I, I let them know that.
0: So you mentioned coming to Westchester as one. Well, one. you grew up in Delaware, right? So not, I actually grew away. up in
1: New Jersey. I live in oh, Delaware okay. now, but I grew up in New Jersey.
0: What was it about Westchester that, that drew you there?
1: They had a gymnastics program that was interested in me and I could compete in college and they had a great um, education program. So, I think those were the two things. And the third thing probably is because it wasn't too far from home. It's about a 45 minute drive. I just lived over the um, Commodore Berry Bridge, so not too far. So, um, and there wasn't as much traffic then as there is now (laughs) on 322. So, um, but yeah, I think those were the top three three items.
0: When you think to your time uh, competing at Westchester, what are your top memories? And it could be a moment in practice. You know, uh, a meet, uh, a victory. What you know, whatever. But when you think about your time competing at the the college level, what comes flooding back when you think about those years?
1: Um, I think that the number one thing is the relationships. I still have friends that I was on the team with. You know, those relationships that you build that that you can't replace. I think that my coach. You know, we're dear friends today, and she instilled just amazing qualities of a coach, you know, in me. And so I'm so thankful for that. I think like some of the moments that I remember are actually moments where I didn't have the best meet and my coach just encouraged me and, and was there for me. And, you know, I I remember one, one meet, I can't remember. It was kind of a big meet and you know, I, I could have done really well on the bars and, and one bars and, you know, that I really wanted that. And, and I, I can remember it was at home. I don't know if we were hosting a championship. I can't really totally remember all those details. And I messed up. I missed, I missed, I missed something. And, you know, I was in the bathroom and I just remember my coach coming to me and, and knowing how disappointed I was in myself and her just affirming me. And, and I, and she probably doesn't even remember it, but those are definitely stepping stones of things that I take to coaching, you know, because, you know, like I said before, it's a sport of perfection and you're not always going to be perfect. And, you know, what we learn in sports is more than just what we're doing out there on the, in the competition floor, or, you know, we learn things that help us in life and help us you know, to to be successful in, in our careers and in our relationships and our, and in the in the you know wherever we are you know out in the out in the world and so definitely the experiences I had prepared me for that.
0: When you're competing in gymnastics, how much do you have to overcome fear with the idea that you are doing very difficult things in the air. Or you're running very fast at a large object and trying to jump over. I mean, you are doing things that are dangerous and can be dangerous. And I think we lose sight of that because gymnasts make it look so easy. And, you know, but is it just something that you don't think about that as you're competing or you just do it so much from a young age that it's just kind of baked into the cake and this is just, you know, what we do?
1: Well, fear is a big part of our sport for sure. I mean, you can't do the things that we do or they do without a little bit of fear. Um, I think there's things that we set in place to help with that fear. So that, so, so that it's, you know, obviously you're not going to be a successful gymnast if you're, if you're living in that place of fear, you know, so, there's definitely um, things that we do to help with that. Well, number one, like you said, training for for a long period of time helps that. Stepping stones leading up to a skill, you know, not just like, okay, I'm gonna try a double back today. No, you know, you you start slow doing a lot of drills. Um, mental training is huge. Um, we we utilize that a lot in our gym, you know, working through a positive mindset. Like we talk. You know, not just positive mindset, but positive words, not just words like you're good, you can do it, words like lift, step, you know, like mental choreography is what we call it. And so, words that the athletes actually say when they're going through a performance. And one of the things I learned this from a sports psychologist many years ago, but one of the things that that does, so it's not my own idea. One of the things that does is it pushes out the negative chatter that we have in our brains. And the negative chatter can be a lot of things, but in gymnastics, a part of that negative chatter is fear. So when you're focusing on what you have to do, like I need to jump, I need to square up, things like that, it pushes those things of, oh my gosh, what if I fall? What if I got hurt? What if I land on my head? It pushes that negative chatter away. So that's a really important um, way to defeat that, that fear
0: time for a break on one-on-one. On One. We will have more with Westchester University head women's gymnastics coach, Barbara Cordova, right after this. And we are back. Our guest this week on one-on-one on One is Barbara Cordova, head women's gymnastics coach at Westchester University. You mentioned you, you were t- coaching club prior to coming to Westchester, but when you make the transition and you had talked about coaching has been a part of your life since a young age, but when it becomes kind of your profession and you the the sole focus in gymnastics, uh was there anything that surprised you that you were kind of now responsible for or ways you had to look at things that you hadn't looked at before?
1: Well, I think coaching a collegiate sport is hugely hugely challenging because you have it's you know, it's not just coaching, you know, it's it's not just coaching. You know, you have, you know, I have twenty four um athletes on my team you know and they all are human beings and they're in school and they have all these you know um needs you know you know and as a coach you know you have a huge responsibility to not just meet their you know not just help them to perform well but to to help them you know in their everyday life in school and all of these things and so i think that was surprising to me like how much you know it really and i think the average person that has never coached um doesn't really get this like you know there is a lot of stuff you know that's involved in it and and i think whether you're at a huge division one school or you know division two two school like westchester there's a lot of differences like i have a part-time assistant that's it so a lot of the jobs that you know maybe your assistant would do i'm doing you know um you know but even you know no matter what there it's a huge responsibility and i think that that was one of the things that was kind of surprising to me like wow this is this is a lot there's a lot involved in this um yeah
0: so several years coaching before you come to westchester i think in 2008 if i'm correct what you know what was the opportunity? How did the door open? Was it something you heard? There was an opening, something you wanted to pursue kind of, how did it come together?
1: Yeah. um, I was actually working at a club in New Jersey and um, actually one of the girls on the team there was looking at going to Westchester, her mom. I I, I think this is how it happened. Her mom mentioned to me that, that the job at Westchester was open. And so At that time, we were getting ready to move to Delaware and it just, it was uh, just a perfect time for me. You know, my kids were old enough. Um, I had young kids at the time, but they were just getting ready to start school. So it was a part-time job at that time. So I thought I can do this. People at the club gym that I worked out encouraged me to to apply. I was a little nervous, like, can I really do this? I reached out to my coach about it. Um, and so I applied and, um, I got the job and, it, you know, it was just perfect timing for us. We moved to Delaware. It was not too far down the road for me to travel. So, yeah, I, I will say also, um, the year before, um, I went to a, I went to a um, meet at the alumni meet and, you know, the program was kind of in a, in a difficult place right then, just because they had been going through a lot of different coaches. Um, after my coach retired, they had gone through a lot of different coaches and, and and the girls did not perform really well, and I think that also motivated me um, because I wanted to be able to come in and really, really help it to 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 continue to get better. Um, and so that was a goal. I'm I'm very goal oriented. Um, you know, every year, okay, we did this this year. Let's let's see what we can do next year. And so that that definitely was a motivational piece for me. Like, okay, let let's see if we can't you know, we were very successful when I was a gymnast at Westchester. Um, and so, you know, we won a lot of meets, we, we, we had a lot of success. And so I, I wanted to see that back again, um, because I think it kind of lost a little bit of ground in that way. And so, so that was motivational for me too.
0: Did you feel extra pressure? Cause it's one thing I think to, you know, jump into collegiate coaching, but to do it at your your alma mater? Like, does that add an extra level of, you know, this has to go right because I love this place?
1: I don't know if I, if I felt that way or if I feel that way. I mean, definitely I am passionate about Westchester. I love Westchester. It's my alma mater. I just feel like I came in and I didn't come in with the idea, well, I'm going to change everything right away. I came in with the idea. I'm going to little by little try to try to, try to, um, make this program as best as it can be. And so each year we improved and, um, you know, I, I think that that, that's awesome. I, you know, I, I'm happy I, with the success that we've had and it did not, it comes just by little by little working on it. Um, I definitely, one of the main things that I knew walking into it, that needed to happen is I needed to get some scholarship dollars. And so right away, the first thing I did is started fundraising um, for scholarships. And, and, and that is really what has helped turn things around because I was able to do that, you know, each year I was able to raise more and more scholarship dollars. And that's kind of one of the, the things that was able to, to help us to be as successful as we are today.
0: Did you have any background in that? Cause I mean, like, or is that something you just kind of, you learned on the fly?
1: Well, the, the fundraising that I do is, um, the major fundraising that we do is we host invitational gymnastics meets. And, um, the actual parent that I mentioned to you of, of the gymnast at the club that I worked at, she is like, you can, we, you, I can help you. We can run, we can run one of these meets that will really help you. And, that was one of the things that I asked in my interview, can I run one of these meets and 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 the, the athletic director at the time said said yes. And so I run two of those meets a year. Um, the one that we have in spring, there's uh, almost we had 700, almost 750 athletes this spring. And so that brings in a lot of revenue. Um, and so that's the that's the number one that's the thing that I started first. So that's the that's our biggest fundraiser so. I had experience. Yes. Because I was in gymnastics my whole life with how those meets work. Um, this parent actually was a meet director and had run several of them. So she kind of helped me and she still helps me to today, uh, running these meets, which is awesome. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, I had experience in that kind of fundraising. I think right now I could leave and go work for a nonprofit because <laughs> a big part of my job is fundraising. Um, And that's just how it works at Westchester. We fundraise a lot of our scholarships. And so, um, and I knew that that was going to be a game changer. And so that's something I knew I had to work hard at.
0: I'm curious, as someone who competed in gymnastics, where you're the one out there doing it and you're in control of what happens, when you're coaching, is it difficult to give up that control because you can work with a athlete for hours you know and you know they're trying their best and you can talk to them before they get on the mat okay don't forget when you do this do x don't forget about y but they're the one that has to do it how long did it take you to be able to give up that or not to be able to give up to it but to be comfortable with not having that control from the coaching standpoint
1: It's hard. It is really, really hard. So I'm not sure if I've totally given up, but, um, we do this activity on our team before we walk into a competition. Like before we're getting off the bus, you know, I give them all like a little piece of paper and they write down their trash, right? Like get rid of all your trash, throw it out on the way out of the bus that we're not going to deal with this in, in the gym. One of the things I always write down for my trash is I can't control their performance. (laughs) You know, I can't control that. You know, that's an uncontrollable for me. You know, I can help them. Like you said, I can give them keywords or things like that. But at the end of the day, I can't do it for them. And so just kind of releasing that and and saying, okay, that's my trash. I'm going to throw that out and just, you know, um, also mentally performing with them, you know, helps me also you know, it, it definitely helps me push out, out my nerves, but just like going through it with them a, as they go through their routine. That's also very helpful for me.
0: So when you took over in 2008 and you mentioned the program was, a, you know, on a in a little bit of a down spot, when was the first moment that you felt success, that you felt like since you had taken over that there had been a significant step forward? Do you remember and whatever it was, like the first victory, like what was it?
1: So, uh, at the time that I took over, we were scoring um, high one seventies. Um, so, you know, that's a, not a great score in gymnastics, collegiate gymnastics. So we were like scoring one seventy eight, one set. 170, you know, so obviously, like that first year, our goal was to break a one eighty, and 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 I, I believe we did that first year. I'm trying to remember, but our my our biggest goal as we as we progressed year after year was t- to break that 190 score. Um, I still have a picture of the news article up in my office that that we broke that 190. and I'm like that was um, amazing. My assistant coach that coaches with me now, she was on the team when we did that. Um, so so the first time you break that 190 is huge. And so that that definitely um, w- was one of the, you know, standout moments of like, okay, we we are we are getting there we are we are you know you know so that 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 definitely was the first moment
0: i'm curious when it comes to putting a roster together are there certain events that are more difficult to find high level performers than others and i don't want to say any of them are easy but are are there Certain events that you really have to work hard to find someone that can do it at a at a high level at the college level? Or is it pretty much across the board it's about the same?
1: No, it uh uneven parallels and vault, those are the hardest two events to find people on. And so, I mean, pretty much when you're recruiting, probably every college coach tells you they you know, they, they ask, What are you looking for? Well, we're we're looking for vault and bars. <laughs> you know, um, it's just it's just The difficulty is harder to come by there. Um, I think for vaults, one of the things that's really challenging that's different in club gymnastics than college gymnastics is in college gymnastics, we compete 11 weekends in a row. In club gymnastics, they'll compete at meet. And then three weeks later, they'll compete another meet. Also in club gymnastics, they compete in a lot of facilities where they're competing on a vault surface that is actually softer underneath. We compete on a hard surface every weekend, 11 weeks in a row. So it's very demanding. So not just looking for those good vultures, but vaulters that are able to handle that, that, you know, competing 11 weeks in a row on a hard surface. Um, so that's one, that's one challenge. Um, but the skill level and the skill level on bars, it's just hard and, and and you have to find that unique. So a lot of times people that I find on those events, sometimes that's all that they, that that they do. You know, they're not as, you know, uh, sometimes people tend to be stronger on bars, but not on the power events, you know, and so sometimes the, the girls that are on uneven parallel bars that I, that I, that I recruit, that's really their strength. And sometimes that's all they compete because that's where their strength is.
0: When you started at Westchester, how hard was it to get used to the world of recruiting? Um, cause I, with the club, did you do any recruit or is it more, they come to you? Like, you know, I want my kid wants to do gymnastics. Here's X amount and we'll be here for this long. So were you flying blind at first with the recruiting or had you been around the block enough that you had a general idea of where the, where the athletes were?
1: No, so definitely recruiting was, was something totally new to me. Um, and so that was definitely a learning curve of, of working on that. I will say, because, there's so few collegiate programs in NCAA that um, people do come to you, um, people that are are knocking on your door um, because they're trying to find a program. And there's so many amazing athletes out there, and there's so few collegiate programs. And so that makes my job a little easier that, um, you know, people are always setting out, setting out you know, they're, they're sending a lot of emails out to coaches because there's so few programs. So, um, so that was helpful, you know, that I didn't necessarily have to chase people so much. I think the challenge was, um, and still is sometimes, you know, having that division two. you know, we compete against a lot of division one schools, um, you know, in our conference and also in our national league. And obviously NCAA is open to all, all, all divisions, so having that division two label is difficult sometimes because people want that division one, you know, label. And so helping them to see, you know, what kind of experience that they can have at Westchester that um, that they would really enjoy. And so that that's one thing that that I have to really focus in on and really encourage them with. Um also, you know, obviously when I first started, I did not have a lot of scholarship dollars because it, you know, that was something that, you know. The fundraising piece hadn't been there for a while. Um, and so I it took me a while to really have, you know, scholarship to offer to people. And we still are not a fully funded Division Two program. So, you know, that's that's challenging, you know, to sell them, you know, when maybe you don't have a full scholarship to offer them. And maybe they they can have an opportunity to have a full scholarship somewhere else. And I think the big key to that is the experience that they're going to get at Westchester, which is a great experience.
0: Where are the hot spots when it comes to recruiting? I know every sport's got places that, you know, if you're going to, that are kind of the first boxes you check when you start your recruiting, where are they in gymnastics? I'm sure there are certain club pipelines or strong high school league, stuff like that. Where, where are the first, where are the hot spots?
1: Um, so I would say that region seven, so gymnastics is based in, uh, there's eight different regions across the country. Um, region seven, which is the region that we're in, um, Pennsylvania is a huge, it's a super strong region. So we have super strong athletes right in our backyard, which is really helpful for us. Um, and you know, one of the things about Westchester that's amazing is that we have, you know, pretty real. Reasonable tuition for in-state athletes, so that's something that is super helpful for that. Um, So I would say Region Seven, you know, Pennsylvania, you know, um, is is really one of the strongest areas in the country. Um, Also, Florida, there's a lots of great athletes in Florida. Texas is another one. It's hard to get for me to get people from Texas though because um, it's so far away. Um, But there's so many great clubs throughout really throughout the country, but I would say, um, you know, region five is another one. That's like Ohio. We do have one athlete from there. Um, so, you know, I think what happens though, is you will get an athlete from a club and they'll have a great experience. And so they'll go back and say, Hey, I had a great experience here. And so that really helps too.
0: Since you've been at Westchester, you have gotten accolades. The team has won at a high level. You've had individuals compete. And succeed at very high levels. Kind of the same question I asked you about your career as a gymnast at Westchester. When and obviously there's still a lot of time left. But to this point, if I ask you, what are the favorite memories of your run so far as head coach at Westchester? What's at the top of the list?
1: Well, at the top of the list first was what I mentioned before, the 190. Um, During that time, I had an athlete on the team, Augusta Valentine, which you probably heard about her. You might have actually interviewed her. I don't know when she was an athlete. She's definitely. Um, the most um decorated athlete, Westchester gymnast um, you know, in history so far. She made three NCAA regional championships as an individual all her, which she's the only it, since it's been the open championship. Um, and so um that has done that. We definitely, before it was an open championship, we've had national champions and things like that. But um, in the in this current era, she was very successful. Um so she was a gymnast on the team when we broke the 190. Um, we also um, qualified for USAG nationals as a team for the first time um, in 2017. So they've the Westchester has been in other national championships, but the USA Collegiate National Championship is the championship that we currently are are competing in and we it was our goal from the time i started to to qualify as a team eventually my first year we qualified one athlete the second year we qualified two athletes and then we built and built and built and 2017 was the first year that we qualified as a team and so that was a huge huge um you know accomplishment for us and just exciting um then again in 2019 we qualified as a team again and that was i just remember we had to hit our meet we finished on bars I knew we had to hit um because we were really close with someone that was competing somewhere else the same day and you know we knew we had to do well basically it was down to this last meet and they just hit the best bar um uh best bar rotation that they had probably all year and they hit and I look over to my husband who's at the meet and, and he said, you guys did it, you made it. And so it was so exciting. Um, so that was really fun. And I would have to say, um, this year, you know, this year, um, I have an athlete that's competing for us this year, Jessica Meekum. She's a fifth year student. She lost her end of her junior year. She's, um, I don't know how many all American status she has. She's, you know, very successful all around her. Um, And, um, just an outstanding young woman, you know, she's a great leader. Um, and you know, she's a fifth year, she's a graduate student. So she's, you know, she's, she's older also, which really helps. Um, but this year we're having a standout season. We have a new conference this year, the gymnastics East conference. There's eight schools in that conference. Um, we had a goal in the beginning of the year that we wanted to finish in the top four. We finished third. So we were excited about that accomplishment, um, qualified for nationals as a team, we get to compete there this weekend. We scored a one ninety five this year, a one ninety five at our conference championships. Like you know, it wasn't that long that we were breaking that one ninety, and and we hit the one ninety five mark, which is just unbelievable. Um, you know, this year has been our most successful. We've had our our best average, our best national qualifying score. Um, we've broken um, several records this year, so. So I would say this year and like we started in the very beginning talking about like having lost something, how much more you appreciate it. So, um, yeah, I think those are, are my three standouts for sure. I'm also going to NCAA. I did forget this, but with Majesta going to the NCAA regionals, we went three different times. So that was huge, too. And Majesta. She just missed qualifying for NCAA nationals, which is huge by 0.25. So she's amazing athlete. I expect to see her in our hall of fame someday. And, um, yeah, so, so those are my three, I, now I said four, my four top, my four top ones,
0: favorite part of what you do.
1: Uh, my favorite part of what I do is just to be, um, involved in these, in these young, um, athletes lives, you know, they are, they are special um, people and just the opportunity to, to mentor them, to coach them, um, to prepare them for gymnastics, but most importantly, to prepare them for life. So definitely just like I said, the big win when I was a gymnast was the relationships, the big, the big win for coaching is the relationships.
0: Barbara Cordova. This was great. Thanks so much for taking the time.
1: All right. Thanks so much for having me. And that
0: will do it for this week's episode. Want to thank Westchester University Head Women's Gymnastics Coach Barbara Cordova for being our guest this week. Now, if you like this show and you listen on Apple Podcasts, want to do us a favor, go ahead and leave a rating and a review. You can follow the show on Twitter, at OneOnOnePod. You can follow me on Twitter as well, at MattLeon1060. Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to check us out again next week when we bring you another conversation with someone you should know more about.